0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. This morning, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Here the Apostle Paul says to the Ephesian Christians, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please notice it doesn't say he's going to bless us. It says he has blessed us. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Even before you got here, God had already laid up spiritual blessings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God had laid up spiritual blessings for every one of us. Like redemption by his blood, through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. Salvation. Salvation the new birth holy ghost baptism being filled with the spirit the gifts of the spirit the ministry gifts and the fruit of the spirit all those plus others are spiritual blessings that god has already given us and he gave them to us in heavenly places In Christ Jesus, in the realm of the Spirit, every one of us in the eyes of God are seated. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, in the realm of the Spirit. Then Paul went on to say, just as he chose us, and I'm so glad about that, that, you know, I didn't really choose God, God chose me. But after, you know, I became aware of the fact that God chose me, then I chose God. But he chose me first. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. We need to wrap our minds around this truth. God had decided some things about every one of our lives, even before we were born, even before he laid the foundations of this world. God had you and I in mind. Isn't that good news? And he predestined that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In other words, that we should be holy without guilt. Without guilt before him in love. This morning, I want to talk about a deadly poison. A deadly poison. One of the most deadly poisons in this earth is a deep sense of guilt. I need you to hear this. When you have a deep sense of guilt about anything, it's a deadly poison. Why? Because guilt hinders you from receiving the spiritual blessings, the spiritual blessings that we were promised. Guilt hinders us from receiving the spiritual blessings And even if you were to receive a spiritual blessing, then you may not hold on to the reality of the manifestation because of your guilt and because of your despair. Guilt is a deadly poison. Hmm? Now, my job this morning is not to convince you that you're guilty. That's not my job. My job is to convince you that you're forgiven. Did you hear what I said? You are forgiven. So why carry the guilt? It's a deadly poison. So the church is called to be the liberator of guilt, not the perpetrator of guilt. So this is ought to be a place when we come together as believers, when we stand by ourselves, that ought to be a place where we come and we're reminded about who we are And not condemn for who we have been, of what we've done. Some people go to church and they feel more guilty after they leave than than they felt before they came. But the church ought to be liberating you from guilt. Not perpetrating it. So I'm talking about a deadly poison. What is a poison? What is a poison? Poison is a toxin that can cause serious illness or death. For example, anthrax, sarin, ricin, arsenic, cyanide, and some people's cooking. It can cause serious illness. <laughs> Ishmael, I'm not talking about you, because you can cook. Oh, my goodness. I, I remember the first church I had. People like to bring the pastor food. They would bring me chitlins. Who know what chitlins are? Bring me greens, and when the greens had cold, it's like a layer of lard or fat was on top of the greens. And my wife would say, Are you going to eat that? Oh, believe me, I am a man of faith. I eat it. A little hot sauce. All you need is a little hot sauce. But a poison is any kind of toxin. If that toxin is ingested, then that toxin could cause you serious illness or death. And so why do I say that guilt is like poison? Why do I analogize guilt to poison and poison to guilt? Because guilt, when you really think about it, is a painful feeling of self-reproach And it's from a belief that you've done something wrong or immoral. Your belief that you've done something wrong or immoral. So what guilt does, it makes us feel like we're deserving of blame and punishment. It holds us back. It's killing us softly. Guilt is a silent killer. And God wants us to be released from guilt. Many of you feel guilty about things that happened before you got saved. Some things you you stumbled and fell after you got saved. You made some bad choices. Even though you know God has forgiven you, you're still carrying the guilt. And I'm telling you, that deadly poison is slowly killing you, cutting off all your spiritual blessings. But God has a way that he wants us to deal with guilt. And the question is, how does God want us to deal with guilt? Well, I like the psalmist David because he sort of outlined it in one verse in Psalms 32, verse 5. Now, Psalms 32 is a psalm of David, but it's a psalm of, of, of contemplation of the blessedness of forgiveness. There's a blessing in being forgiven. And one of the blessings of forgiveness is not carrying guilt. Do you hear what I'm saying? So what did David say in Psalm 32, verse 5? He said to God, he said, I acknowledge my sin to you. And mine iniquity I have not hidden. Stay with me. Then David went on to say, he said, I will say to God, You, I'm confessing to you my transgressions. I'm confessing my transgressions to the Lord for you forgave me the iniquity of my sin. So how do we really get rid of the guilt? David knew something about getting rid of the guilt because David sinned against God. David committed the sin of murder. He committed the sin of of adultery, he committed the sin of numbering the people, putting his faith in numbers rather than in Almighty God himself. So David knew something about forgiveness, but he also knew something about moving beyond the forgiveness and being released from the guilt. Huh? So what's God's way for us to handle guilt? And a lot of us still feel guilty some feel guilty because of divorce some feel guilty because of broken down relations in the family family members exchange one another and and they feel guilty that maybe it was my fault and rather than availing themselves of the forgiveness of God and be released from that guilt, they harbor that guilt. And I'm telling you, that guilt is crippling. It's like high blood pressure. It's a silent killer. So we saw from Psalms 32, verse 5, the way that God wants us to deal with our guilt. David says, number one, you acknowledge your sin. Hear me now. You acknowledge your sin, you don't try to hide it, you don't try to justify it, you just confess it. Isn't that what David did? After David had Uriah murdered the husband of Bathsheba, after David committed adultery with Bathsheba, the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to David. And Nathan exposed David, but David did not try to hide it. He didn't try to justify it. David said to Nathan, when Nathan says, you are the man, you have sinned, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. Immediately. He confessed it. He says, I have sinned against the Lord. Then the prophet Nathan said to David, David, and the Lord also has put away your sin. Oh, my God, that's good news. It's the the prophet says has already put away your sin, and you shall not die. This is a message to every one of us today. God has put away our sin. And we don't have to die from this deadly poison called guilt. So you don't try to hide it. You don't try to justify it. Just confess it. Just confess it. And you'll receive the same forgiveness and the same mercy that David did. Can you imagine any sin more egregious than murder? And you murder the woman's husband you have in an adulterous affair with. But yet God forgave him. Because David immediately confessed. And the prophet says, God also has put away your sin. You shall not die. That's 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. You shall not die. This is the way you deal with guilt. You acknowledge your problem, your, your faults, your sins. You don't sweep it under the rug. You don't deny it, hide it. Try to justify it, just confess it. Then the other thing we see about how God wants us to handle guilt, you don't blame others. Let me say it again. You don't blame others for your guilt, saying they made me do it. If you can't own up to the choices you made, If you can't own up to your own failures, you will never get rid of the guilt. You don't blame somebody else. You see, that's what the first man and woman did. Adam and Eve did that. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God and they ate fruit from the forbidden tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that was in the middle of the garden. And after they ate the fruit from the forbidden tree, the Bible says their eyes were open and they knew they were naked. In other words, they felt guilt. And the first thing they did when they felt the guilt, when they felt the shame, they covered their nakedness with fig leaves. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And God called out for his creation, Adam, Adam, where are you? See, Adam and Eve were hiding. They were hiding from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Why? Because of guilt. So God says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I hid myself because I was naked. God said to Adam, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat of? Adam says, the woman, the woman you gave to me, she gave me the fruit and I did eat it. So Adam was saying, I'm blaming you, God, and I'm blaming Eve. Eve. His attitude was, well, God, you got a problem, she got a problem, but I don't have no problem because she made me do it. Then God asked Eve, says, what have you have done? And Eve says, well, the serpent, he deceived me and I did eat. Neither Adam took responsibility for his failure, neither Eve took responsibility for her failure, but in their fallen human nature... They blame someone else. Who are you blaming today for the guilt you feel? Who are you blaming? And sometimes, you know, life, things trigger our emotions. Some comes up. Maybe it's something we hear, something we see. And, and then that thing triggers us, and then we start to entertain those old guilty feelings. I've did a lot of bad things in my life, but I don't feel guilty about none of them because I've been forgiven. I don't have time to entertain guilt. Hmm? The other thing you don't, you don't try to do is, like Adam and Eve did, you don't try to justify your behavior by saying, well, God knows my heart. Oh, yeah, God knows my heart. And you know how I am. That's not an excuse. God knows your heart. Or you're gonna tell somebody, well, you you know how I am. Forget about what the Bible says, forget about what God has said, but you know how I am. This is not the way we get rid of this deadly poison. You don't justify your behavior. By saying, God knows my heart, and you know your guilt. Proverbs 2813 says, He who covers his sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses, whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. I choose mercy. So I don't want to cover my sins. You see, you can hide some things from some folk, but you can never hide them from from God, and you can never hide them from everybody. That which is done in the dark, it comes to the light. And even when you come, when the light's shining on you, if you haven't really appropriated by faith your forgiveness, all you feel is guilty feelings. You feel guilty for it. The other thing you don't do, if we're going to do this God's way, we don't try to reclassify our sins. You know, we try to reclassify our sins by saying it isn't sin. Oh, yeah, we try to, we try to classify it. How is that a sin for somebody else, but it's not sin for you? How is it that you can find fault with everybody else's life? Think about this. And you can call their life sin. But you don't see your own sin. Why? Because you've reclassified it. Oh, yeah, God knows my heart. We are too judgmental against people that are different from us. At least we think they're different from us. And we think they're different from us because we think we're better than them. Particularly those, don't get mad at me, those in the LGBTQ community. How's that? We can quickly identify what we consider sin in their lives, but you can't even identify the sin in your life. Sin is sin, S -S 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 I N whether you are a same-sex loving person or you're heterosexual, just messing around. Sin is sin, S-I-N. But see, what you've done, you reclassified it, and so you call your behavior something other than sin, but for others that you don't agree with, you don't like, oh, they're they're sinning, they're going to go to hell, they're going to burn, And you know why you have that attitude? That's because that's symptomatic of that deadly poison making you sicker and sicker spiritually. When you know you've been forgiven, it doesn't bother you about what other people do and don't do. Why is it bothering you about who somebody else is sleeping with? Why is it bothering you? Why are you upset with homosexuals if you're not one? Why are you upset? This is a manifestation of your own guilt. And guilt has a hold on you. And you're looking for somebody else to blame to feel better about your own self because you have not been released from your guilt. It's a deadly poison. It's a deadly poison. There's a lot of folk I don't agree with, but that shouldn't stop me from loving them. That should not stop me from being judgmental about them. You see, if you look on my chest, you won't find a spiritual badge that says I'm one of God's spiritual deputy sheriffs. And I've been, <clears throat> I've been empowered, authorized to go around arresting folk that I don't agree with. That's not my ministry. That's not your ministry. We as believers, we ought to be the liberator of guilt and not be perpetuating it or perpetrating it in the lives of other people. Hmm? You can reclassify your sin all you want. You, you can wrap a bow around it, even spray some perfume on it, but it's still sin. John chapter 1 verse 9 says, but 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And let me tell you what guilt is. Guilt is unrighteous. God wants to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. And so I'm not going to re- reclassify my sin and call it something else. You know, the, uh, uh, you know some people want to call it a mental disorder. Or I just snapped. Sounds good. But the truth is, you need to be honest. You are dealing with and having trouble dealing with your own sin that's caused. And this is the root cause because of your own lack of self-control, your lack of temperance, one of those spiritual blessings, temperance. So you can reclassify it. You can make an excuse. You can call it mental illness. Or you just snapped, you just lost it. But it's still sin. And with sin follows guilt. Guilt follows sin. Amen. So, in closing in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it reminds us where God says, "Through the prophet, I, even I am He, that blotteth out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. So if God is not remembering your sin, why are you remembering your sin? And when you remember your sin, then you're going to have to deal with guilt, that deadly poison. So guilt, if we're feeling guilt, guilt ought to be something that motivates us to repent because we know that we will be freely forgiven. But if guilt goes undressed, Unaddressed, I should say. Then it becomes a daily poison spiritually. So when you really think about this, beloved, when you're overcome with guilt, your mindset cannot be one of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You got to deal with the guilt. And the way you deal with the guilt, confess it, acknowledge it, confess it, forsake it, and receive your forgiveness and receive your freedom from guilt. You got to deal with it. There are seasons in all of our lives. Seasons. And some people seem like they're always in a season of depression, sadness. And you may ask yourself, why? Aren't they forgiven just like you're forgiven? I'm forgiven? Or is it because they're still grappling with guilt? But if you don't deal with guilt, then guilt will lead to seasons of depression, hopelessness, self-pity. And guess what? Your faith will not work. Guilt will choke all the faith out of you that you thought you had why are we still feeling guilty about something that happened 10 years ago 20 years ago even something that happened last week why are we feeling guilty about it why can't we own up to it and say father forgive me join us sunday at agape word fellowship where dr jerry maya williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.